funny, thought-provoking, and disturbing slow death by rubber duck reveals that just living daily life creates a chemical soup inside each of us. Wow, that is quite a line to start <laughs> off this interview with. Uh, we have the authors of the book, Rick Smith and Bruce Laurie in, uh, and the subtitle of the book is How the Toxicity of Everyday Life Affects Your Health. This is an updated version of a book that came out about a decade ago, and that book caused a giant stir when it came out. Uh, what changed? What's different now that you felt that you had to do an update? Is the world a more toxic place? Well, I think it's good news, bad news. I mean, there, there's been, there's no question there's been some progress. Mm -hmm. I mean, your, your, your listeners who are parents will know that kids stuff has gotten a lot, uh, a lot safer. Yeah. So 10 years ago when the first book came out, uh, you know, every baby bottle in the world uh, was made out of BPA plastic, you know, this crummy hormone-disrupting chemical. Mm -hmm. uh, every kid's toy in the world, including uh, things like rubber ducks, uh, were, were full of this uh, phthalate chemical uh, linked to uh, reproductive problems in, uh, in little boys and uh, you know, men later in life. Uh, things gotten a lot better. So you, know, you can't buy a kid's thing these days without a big honking BPA-free, phthalate-free right. sticker on it. That's a big, <clears throat> that's a big change. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, uh, a lot of the products that adults use uh, remain unsafe. And Bruce, what did you start to notice uh, that made you think, hey, you know what, we need, to, we need to update this book? Well, it's a couple of things. Um, first, you know, as Rick said, you know, my, my, my characterization of this would be, you know, we, we've won some of the battles on this. Yeah. But I kind of feel like we're losing the war. You know, we're still producing more chemicals. Um, the thing that really struck me uh, researching the, the new edition of the book is the amount of plastic that we continue to use right. globally, um, like like 2 billion tons of plastic produced since we wrote the first edition of the book. So um, <clears throat> so it's just a little shocking to me that even though, though we know that many of these chemicals are still, um, you know, highly toxic, harmful um hurting, you know, hurting our kids, uh, that we continue to put them in all kinds of products kind of willy nilly without even considering, you know, who's being exposed, how they're being used. And w the book will go into this, but, and we'll get into this in more depth later, but, but how do people get away with it then? I mean, the yeah. information's out there. Yeah. 10 years ago, there was a book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now there's a, like slow death by rubber duck is out again, uh, in a revised form. How, how do people get away with putting chemicals in that are bad for us in everyday products? Well, I, I think, I think change takes time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, a lot of these big, big manufacturing companies that, uh, that make kids toys that make, uh, that make different, uh, uh cosmetics products. I mean, cosmetics are, mm -hmm. are, are an issue that we get into in the book. You can't imagine a worse regulated, worse monitored, worse tested family of products than cosmetics. I mean, how how crazy is that? I mean, something that we apply to our bodies every day. Mm -hmm. um, we just have a really bad consumer protection system in this country, in the United States. In Europe, it's starting to get a little bit better. Uh, but but you know, ultimately, the book's very positive. I mean, there are uh, changes happening. I mean, one one uh, something that's been in the news just the last few weeks is this issue of talcum powder, ba yeah. baby powder. You know, it turns out the that most wholesome thing on the planet. The most wholesome thing. I mean, who doesn't like the smell of baby powder, yeah. right? Well, it turns out that the company that uh, that originally invented baby powder has known for decades that this stuff uh, is inhaled mm -hmm. or is absorbed into the body and causes bad things to happen. 
And, and this product was never safety tested prior to it uh, starting to be marketed decades ago. So that's um, we're, we're in catch-up mode uh, well, with, with these various products. I, I think in, in terms of things like baby powder and, and the BPA plastic and that sort of thing, we went for convenience over safety. We went for something that smells good and it's pretty. It's marketed as baby powder. So what could be wrong with it? And I think probably marketing is half the issue here for a lot of this. Yeah, and I think in, in, you know, in some cases, I think there are some very responsible companies that really think about these things. And then in other cases, frankly, uh, you know, there's companies behind the scenes that, 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 that are the ones that actually manufacture the basic uh, chemical inputs mm -hmm. for a lot of these products. And they're constantly lobbying governments against regulation, against health and safety standards. And unfortunately, you know, they have the, the power and the clout to get to elected officials right. and, uh, and, and other government officials and basically make the case that this is, you know, this is good for the economy and good for jobs and that, you know, the, the, the studies that they've done as the company selling these products suggest that they aren't harmful. So that's, that's part of a problem with the system. It's, it's too much governed by the businesses that profit from the products that they sell. I'm speaking with Rick Smith and Bruce Laurie. Their book is called Slow Death by Rubber Duck, How the Toxicity of Everyday Life Affects Our Health. You may have a copy of it sitting on your bookshelf already. This is the revised, the new version of new it. And and it's, and new and improved. New and improved, and it's in bookstores right now. So listening to you speak about that, there will be people out there listening that said, oh, I knew it. It's a vast conspiracy. <laughs> and it's not exactly a conspiracy. I wouldn't say no. it is. No. It, it is just simply more or less the way business works, isn't it? Well, it, it's also the fact that a lot of the products uh, and, and look, our, our book was actually published around the world. Mm -hmm. So we've traveled around the world talking about these things. And it turns out that uh, most people in industrialized countries use the same products, use the same toothpaste. Right use the same baby powder and the same shampoos. And uh, these issues are, you know, it ain't just a Canadian issue. This is happening in Europe and elsewhere in Australia. Mm -hmm. um, and all of these countries have problems. And, and the, basically what happened after the Second World War is that, uh, is that a, lot of, a lot of manufacturing got kick-started. All these products got onto the market. There was a and boom in population. There was a boom in population. And, and there was no safety testing requirements at the time. Right. Science wasn't as developed. Uh, and so we've never required these manufacturing companies to go back and test these products that should have been tested in the first place. And we, we tell the stories about some of these products uh, in the book, you know, these, these products that are used in the kitchen, mm -hmm. uh, uh, products that we use in the bathroom. Uh, we, we talk about uh, organic food in the book. You know, is it worth it? Uh, does eating organic food result in less chemicals in your body? The answer is yes. Uh, we try to tell the story in an entertaining way in the book by by actually conducting some experiments on ourselves. Well, yeah, you do experiments, and 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 the thing that you tried to do here was to expose the extent of toxification. You put yourself up and undertook a series of a dozen experiments to briefly uh, sort of raise your levels of mercury, BPA, Teflon, other pollutants, that kind of thing. Um, just how scientific were these experiments? So the experiments themselves aren't really scientific, but they're based on the science that we know exists. Right. So the difference is, you know, it's just Rick and I. Um, they're scientific in that, you know, we actually have protocols. They went, the, the results go to, um, uh, you know, highly expert labs that mm -hmm. do the analysis. Like we're very careful in how we, you know, gather the, the, um, 
uh, you know, in the case of these uh, experiments, either our blood or urine, and then have it tested. But essentially what we're doing is um, we're doing uh, extensive research to understand what is the health uh, uh, challenge with the particular chemical. You know, we, we basically describe all of that research, how the chemicals are used, what products they're in, um, how, they, how they affect our health, whether it's, you know, causing things like, you know, cancer, autism, ADHD, reproductive disorders. I mean, all of these things are linked to the chemicals that we look at. And then basically what we're trying to do is counter this argument that you hear all the time from industry is like, well, you know, you may have these chemicals in <clears throat> in these products, but they don't actually, you know, get into your body. Right. And and even with our most recent uh, experiment, which we'll, we'll talk about with uh, cash register receipts. I mean, I just read the other day, uh, you know, a company saying... Apparently you know, they're terrifying. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and like literally just the other day, I read something with one of the manufacturers of the thermal paper saying, well, sure, we use BPA and BPS, but it never gets into your body. Well, that's why we do these experiments. Which is baloney, because yeah. we, we just did this experiment. Yeah. 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 So let's talk about it. It's pretty eye level stuff. Everyone gets a receipt when you sure. go to the grocery store, uh, and I think nothing of it. They well, hand so me a receipt, and that's so it's it. A, it's a great, horrifying story showing how broken our consumer, consumer product uh, protection system right. is. So 10 years ago, Canada became the first country in the world to ban BPA in baby bottles because of the evidence that BPA is so damaging to right. kids, right? So you'd think, uh, and, and actually BPA under, under the federal pollution law is declared as quote unquote toxic. So you'd think maybe there'd be some follow-up to try to figure out where else BPA where is else being we're used. This chemical, <laughs> which, is, which is a known estrogen mimicking chemical. So right. once it's absorbed into the body, our body mistakes it for estrogen and does all the things that hormones do in our bodies. Right. Um, fast forward 10 years, Bruce and I saw some snippets in the media that, uh, that kind of waxy white paper that we all handle every day mm -hmm. in cash register receipts, that that was used with some BPA. So we thought, okay, well, we'll look into this. So we did this experiment. We, we went to a couple of dozen retailers uh, in our neighborhood here in Toronto. Uh, we put all these cash register receipts into the middle, into a big heap in the middle of my dining room table. And we're going to leave the story there to leave you hanging because, Perfect. yeah, because I think that there's, that, that'll keep them coming back after the, uh, after the break. Uh, to I be want, continued. To be continued. I want to talk more about this uh, and, and get to the sort of the climax of this story uh, with Rick Smith and Bruce Laurie. They're the authors of Slow Duck by, uh, Slow Death, Slow Duck. <laughs> Slow, Death by Slow Death by Rubber Duck, How the Toxicity of Everyday Life Affects Our Health. Uh, and you'll find some very surprising ways uh, in which you are ingesting chemicals that you may not know about, part of which uh, we're about to find out. But I also want to find out, after these experiments that, that you did, uh, if you were able to get the toxicity levels in your body down to zero, is it possible in our consumer-driven culture, and I'm just looking around the the radio console that we're sitting here now, there's plastic, there's every, you know, there's probably uh, a cornucopia of things that are terrible for us uh, sitting on this table in front of us. So is it possible in everyday life to get your toxicity levels down to zero? We'll get back to that with Rick Smith and Bruce Laurie when we come back talking about their book, Slow Death by Rubber Duck, How the Toxicity of Everyday Life Affects Our Health. Stay with us. The book is called Slow Death by Rubber Duck. 
by Rick Smith and Bruce Laurie. It is a revised edition of a bestseller from about 10 years ago uh, that really blew the lid off the chemicals and the toxicity that we are exposed to every single day uh, without really knowing about it. Things have gotten better, but it's still, we're still out there. Uh, and one of the things that really blows my mind, and Rick was just telling us about this, is cash register paper. Something yeah. I have never, I, I have a look, make sure I haven't been overcharged, crumple it up, sure. throw it in my pocket, throw it in the bag, throw it in the garbage, and never give it a second thought. We should be thinking about it, though. Well, I mean, you couldn't ask for a more innocuous mm-hmm. thing, right? So we, we, we did this experiment to try to figure out um, uh, whether, whether the BPA that is used in these cash register receipts can be absorbed into our body. So all, all Bruce and I and a couple of uh, colleagues did is we handled receipt paper uh, from some re- from retailers in our neighborhood for a few minutes, tested our urine levels of BPA before and after, and uh, our levels went through the roof, like between an eight and one hundred times increase. And that happens this, immediately. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, within a matter of hours. Yeah, because yeah. this chemicals absorbed uh, through through the skin of the hands. Yeah, yeah, and and so so the question, you know, getting back to what we were saying about how we actually regulate toxic chemicals mm-hmm. is, so we knew ten years ago that BPA was problematic. So we banned it in baby bottles. And then, you know, Canada being the first country in the world, many countries followed Canada's lead. So, you know, a great story protecting kids from this harmful hormone disrupting chemical. So how is it now that suddenly we have every single cash register receipt virtually in the country uh, um, slathered, slathered with this with it, this same same chemical it, that we know is harmful. And what is the advantage to using BPA? Like, it, it, there must be something. It must do something that uh, someone who makes yeah, cash so, register paper yeah, said, so, "Oh, well, we got to use that." Yeah, right, yeah. So old, old receipts were, pa- you know, regular paper yeah. with a little machine that printed on it, yeah. so a little ink printed on it. So what these are, they're called thermal paper, and so the it's basically just. Uh, a, a heated image of the numbers that causes right. the paper so to no react. Ink. So there's Cheaper. no it's ink. inkless technology. So it's inkless yeah. technology. So I mean, in some cases, it's great. You know, so you, uh, you know, I mean, ink's not always great for the environment either. Yeah. So there's always, you know, these weird things where one thing's replacing another. I guess so. It's a balancing act all the way through, right? Yeah. You don't want to use too much ink, but BPA is bad. So, I mean, it, it, it leads me to the next question. We teased it at the end of that. Is, is there a way to get down to zero? Yeah, so toxicity in your life. That is, you know, there's never a way to get down to zero. But the good news is, with um, virtually all of the experiments that we've done in the book, is that, um, and and I should just point out while we're at it that this this book actually is a, you know, a a compendium of of two books that we wrote, including Tox In, Tox Out, which actually talks about how you detox your body. So so there's a bunch of chapters that answer that question in detail. But the the basic um, conclusion is that it's very hard to get down to zero because, as you pointed out, the stuff's everywhere; it's all around us. But what you can do is really reduce the amount of these chemicals in your body by choosing products that don't contain those chemicals um, and, you know, frankly, by living a, a healthier lifestyle, you know, drinking lots of water and exercising and all those things that are good for us. But um, so in the same way that we saw all these different chemicals, triclosan, BPA, etc., you know, shoot up in our bodies just by using these products over a short period of time, once you stop using the products, those high levels drop um, almost, you know, like within, say, a 24-hour period. So, so that's the good news. Yeah. So the detox can happen fairly quickly. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and, and avoiding the stuff is number one. So that's why labeling is really important. Mm. Um, but frankly, for stuff that, you know, you're not going to uh, label a receipt and decide whether you that's want right. a receipt, yeah, yeah. right? Because <laughs> yeah. it's labeled. So, so that's just a question where, I mean, governments have to step in because imagine, you know, we're talking about, you know, you know, the, the average person maybe, you know, buying a, a few things a day and getting a receipt, but imagine these, um, you know, the workers that are working yeah, in cashier. stores, cashiers, in the uh, people industry. in the retail yeah, and service yeah. industry that yeah. could be handling hundreds of these things a day, um, day after day. I mean, that's, that's where it's a, it's a real concern. It's for those, uh, kind of the frontline people handling is the receipts. It, is it just a wonder that we're not all just sick all the time? <laughs> well, well, in fact, there's uh, one of the things that's changed over the last 10 years since the book, uh, since the first edition of yeah. the book is, is the science has accumulated, right. uh, linking these chemicals, linking uh, levels of these chemicals in our body to things like uh, elevated breast cancer mm-hmm. rates, prostate cancer, uh, problems uh, that kids are having. So there's, the, the science at, the, at the, this point is undeniable that, uh, that if we were able to ban some of these chemicals make some of these consumer products safer that we handle every day, that, uh, that we would actually be, be healthier. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some of these, these kind of modern epidemics that we all deal with in our families, you know, who doesn't have breast cancer yeah. in their family somewhere, uh, that these, these, these uh, levels of disease would come down. What is your response to anti-vaxxers who say, I'm not going to inoculate my children because there are, there's, there's mercury and mercury is terrible. We're not allowed to eat fish that have mercury in it. Why would we inject it into our bodies? Okay. Well, as one of the sort of people have done probably more research on mercury than almost anyone in Canada, um, you know, that's unfortunately a crazy notion. Yeah. Like, you know, not vaccinating your kids is a very bad idea. Um, and there isn't mercury in vaccinations anymore. So, um, but it's one of the things that comes up over and oh, over. Oh yeah, no, it's yeah. a big. There's, there's like rallies going on in the U.S. right now of anti-vaxxers and. Um, <laughs> just sorry, I'm just thinking about there's a very amusing New York Times cartoon with uh, a little kid covered in spots and the doctor saying, "If you join the spots, it spells out stupid parents." <laughs> <laughs> I'm speaking with Rick Smith and Bruce Laurie, authors of Slow Death by Rubber Duck. Uh, we're exposed to thousands and thousands of chemicals a day. Um, some, they can't all be bad for us, or can they? No, they're, they're, and what we try to do... Because we're made of chemicals. Yeah, of course. Yeah. No, I mean, listen, I'm pro-chemical and love, I love, I love, uh, I love caffeine. Mm, I can't get too. enough. I can't get enough of it. Um <laughs> No, look, I mean, we're not, uh, we're not alarmist, right? Well, and, and what we try to do in the book is we try to zero in on a half dozen chemicals where the science has really accumulated now, uh, 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 linking these chemicals to serious human disease. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, we, we, we have some simple tips in the book showing how people can reduce these chemical levels in their bodies relatively simply. So that's kind of our test is we, we don't want to get people alarmed about stuff they, they can't do anything about anyway. Right. right. Uh, we do want to get people uh, motivated to, uh, to do some simple things differently. We just have a, a few seconds left in this segment, but it sometimes feels like when I hear stories about cash register receipts, you know, being dangerous now, that there isn't anything we can do about it. It's like everything is trying to kill me. And it's not that. <laughs> No, yeah. no, no, yeah. And, you know, we can certainly get into that in a little bit of detail, but I think, you know, the, the, the risk in these kinds of stories, um, especially if you can't delve in, like, mm-hmm. you know, happily we're, we're able to get into it a little bit of detail today, um, is you don't want cash register receipts just to be another, you know, straw in a turtle's mouth, right? Yeah, yeah. Like the point isn't the cash register receipt. The point is our inability to manage these chemicals in a more systemic way. 
And that's really what, you know, what Rick and I are trying to talk about. When we come back, we continue the conversation with authors Rick Smith and Bruce Laurie. The book is called Slow Death by Rubber Duck. Stay with us. Welcome back. I'm Richard Krauss. Rick Smith and Bruce Laurie are in studio. They are the authors of Slow Death by Rubber Duck, How the Toxicity of Everyday Life Affects Our Health. It is the fully updated and expanded version of a book that came out about a decade ago. Uh, it's available wherever you buy books, Amazon.ca, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and in brick and mortar stores. And uh, is there anything here that we need to know about in the book, in the binding of the book? No, it's it's made out of delicious vegetable-based inks. You could eat that sucker. Really? Yeah, yeah. I love Pro that. Promise. Right. Now, we're going to get to the good news tips, and we're going to spend a good chunk of this segment on that. But I want to find out about upholstery off-gas. Here's the thing I've given absolutely no thought to my entire life, but apparently it's not good for me. Yeah, no, no it's not, not good at all. So off-gassing basically is... Um, you know, this simple idea that you've got volatile organic compounds, they're called, and, um, and usually those are in the vinyls that you find in fabrics, or sometimes they're in the coatings. And so, um, and I'll get Rick to talk about his new car smell. Uh, Rick's a bit obsessed <laughs> about the new car smell uh, story that we wrote about. But, but essentially, you know, if you buy new products, you can smell this, you know, that classic mm -hmm. kind of vinyl or, um, you know, chemical smell. And so off-gassing basically is just the release of those chemicals off a new fabric. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's a real concern, but, but a good news story. I mean, in, in, the, in the book, we actually did this, one of our crazy experiments is I actually sat in a new car, a big Chevy Tahoe for a day with the windows rolled up on a hot day. And then looked at my body levels of, of, of uh, VOCs, volatile organic compounds, before and after. Mm -hmm. And they just went through the roof just from sitting in this new car, breathing in the new car smell for a day. But, uh, but the, you know, the good news here is that actually products are getting a lot safer. Right. So paints, for instance, the, any paint that you buy now, even the cheaper stuff. I just painted my son's room the other day. Uh, compared to when when I was a kid, uh, paints are a lot safer. They they just they smell less. They don't have lead in them. They don't anymore. have lead in them. Yeah. Uh, they they don't uh, you know they don't they don't off gas as much. Carpeting, upholstery, uh, big big uh, retailers like IKEA are actually being much more conscious of this stuff. The uh, the the lacquers and finishes mm. on uh, on uh, tables. These all of these things have gotten a lot uh, safer, less smelly than they used to be, and so that's that's all to the good. So let's talk about some good news tips. Uh, people at home are now wondering if they live in a poison world. And it's not really exactly that, but you do have to take steps, right? There are tips. There are things you can do yeah. to make your environment less toxic. What are they? What are some of the good things to do? Yeah, so we, we actually, um, ha, you know, have a great list of, of those things in the book. But basically, you know, you, you need to be uh, aware as a consumer, right? So you want to be reading labels, looking at products, buying those products that you know are... Um, you know, are safer and labeled without yeah, BPA yeah. and labeled without things. Um, <clears throat> you know, we recommend that people, you know, choose organic food whenever possible. Um, the connection between pesticides and cancer is one of the strongest of any of the things that we look at. Yeah, because part of this, though, is economic, right? I mean, it's, yeah, it, yeah. it is, it's, it's, it's more expensive to eat <clears throat> organically, and it's more expensive probably to get a material that hasn't been treated with some sort of chemical to you know, increase its lifespan or durability or something yeah, like that. Yeah, in, in, yeah, in some cases uh, it definitely is. In some cases, you know, maybe not so much. Like I've, um, you know, I've, I've, I haven't been using Teflon for years and years. 
you know, but you can buy, a, you know, an, an old cast iron frying pan. You can buy a stainless steel frying pan. Often the Teflon pans are going to be more expensive. Yeah. Um, so that's a, another thing, you know, avoid Teflon frying pans. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, an, another thing that we always recommend for people to do, like ask questions. You know, if you're in a store and you're concerned about something or often products will have a 1-800 number, mm -hmm. like let the company know that you're concerned. Um, a, a basic thing, people often feel like there's nothing they can do as an individual. Well, one thing that you can do as an individual is, you know, vote for governments that are going to support this agenda to make you healthier um, or, uh, uh, you know, work with your local environmental or health group to um, basically, you know, make a do donation or volunteer because there, there are a lot of great organizations across the country that are working to you know, make sure that we have health and safety regulations. And, and we, we, we do end the book with uh, a, a, a list of 10 tips. Mm -hmm. People can actually, much to our publisher's dismay, we encourage people to rip the page out and stick it on their fridge. Hopefully they buy the book first before yeah, yeah, they do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, in, in order to put this tip sheet together, Bruce and I did these experiments on ourselves mm -hmm. to make sure that it actually works. So we actually did an experiment with organic food, and we looked at whether eating even a little bit of organic food lowers levels of pesticides in the body, and it does. Uh, we used uh, uh, cosmetic uh, personal care products with and without phthalates, and lo and behold, if you, uh, if you use the ones that say phthalate-free, very common, cost the same these days, levels of those phthalates come down in the body. And so we did all these experiments to make sure that the, that the tips we're advocating right. are actually worth it. And, you know, people will, will do that, and they will they will feel better, but they might not feel the effects of these things immediately. And so I guess maybe that's a hurdle in trying to convince people to spend a little extra on on organic food or or to volunteer or to do anything like because the, the, it's not necessarily an immediate sense of gratitude that you get. Yeah, I know that's right. I mean, that, it's, it, 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 it's, it's frankly one of the challenges with these chemicals overall, right? Like it's not like smoking where, you know, if you quit smoking, you're probably going to start to notice an improvement yeah. in your breathing capacity. So really what you're doing with these chemicals, it's a little bit more like an insurance policy, right? right. You're trying to uh, reduce the risk of a potential future problem that you don't know. I mean, you know, some people are hugely exposed to these things and have no health effects. Mm -hmm. Some people are exposed and have serious health effects. So you actually don't know how your body's going to respond. Um, you don't know if it's going to affect you or not. But what you're basically doing is saying, chances are I will be safer, my family will be safer if I avoid these chemicals. Someone out there right now is yelling at the radio saying, well, I saw a YouTube video. That suggests, and and the thing to stress here is that the the suggestions made in this book have been backed up by science, and yeah. that we should trust the science, not yeah. a YouTube video that someone made in their basement telling you that everything is going to be okay. That's correct. Or they can trust our YouTube videos, because you know? <laughs> they're backed up by science. But uh, no, for sure. I mean, the the, the science linking uh, BPA to any number of ailments is just uh, mm -hmm. inarguable these yeah. days. Yeah. Uh, the, the science, it's been a huge change over the last 10 years since we wrote the book. Uh, uh, we, and, and so, the, you know, as Bruce says, this is an insurance poli policy, there's an investment in the future. I, I don't think it's a, an accident that, that some of the biggest changes we've seen over the last 10 years are with respect to children's products mm -hmm. because I think parents are already aware of this stuff. They're already looking for this stuff with respect to kids' toys, soothers, baby bottles, sippy cups, all this, all yep. these things. 
and it's time to bring that same uh, level of concern to products that we use every day as adults, and, uh, yeah. and that needs to happen. And the book isn't meant, we talk about science, but the book isn't meant for scientists. The book is meant for a broad range of, oh. of readers. Oh, very much so, yeah. So, so really what we've done is take um, what is a lot of quite complex science and try to make it easy for people to understand and basically convince people that the science really is real. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, just touching more on some of the, some of the tips, <clears throat> when, when I was doing the research on detox methods, um, what really struck me is that the same advice that you're going to hear from any doctor on being healthy actually applies to helping your body detoxify. Right. So if you eat more vegetables, especially more green vegetables, um, if you drink more water, if you exercise, if you sweat, all of those things help accelerate your body's natural detoxification systems. So if you're keeping your body physically on top of these things, and if you're avoiding the um, introduction of these, you know, chemicals through the food or products that you're using, then, um, you know, we, I think Rick and I can pretty safely guarantee that you will have much lower levels of these chemicals in your body. Um, you will probably feel better and you will probably avoid some, you know, potential future health problems. One of the golden rules, I guess, in terms of, of meal planning is don't eat anything that your grandparents wouldn't have eaten. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know? my, my grandparents are really fond of like kippers and liver and stuff. So <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> my grandfather was European, so I don't, he had right. a pretty weird diet. Right. But other than that, I, I think, mean, I think, I think you're right. I mean, yeah. in, in fact, keep it simple. Yeah, yeah. I mean, actually this is, so a lot of these chemicals that we're talking about are, are crazy new inventions right. that, that our kids are being subjected to, that we're being subjected to at way higher levels than our grandparents were. Yeah. Uh, you know, our grandparents were doing their own unhealthy things. But uh, this whole new generation of pollutants that we talk about in badly tested consumer products is not something that our grandparents were dealing with 50 years ago, 100 years ago. Uh, it's, it's a problem we've created relatively recently, but what that means is we can, we can relatively uh, easily, we can solve it uh, in short order. So the tone of the book, very optimistic and, and gives uh, people the guideline. If there's one thing people can take away from the book, we just have a minute left. If there's one thing people can take away from the book, what should it be? Um, I think that, uh, that you can actually take control of your life in a greater way than you might imagine mm -hmm. um, just by following a few simple steps. Um, and that it's not that hard. It's not no, an overwhelming it's not, and or yeah, daunting it, thing Exactly. To do. It doesn't yeah. have to no. feel overwhelming. And these, these, making these different consumer choices, uh, we know because we've done the experiments on ourselves, mm -hmm. uh, will actually reduce these toxic chemical levels in your body very quickly, like within a matter of hours, because it turns out that our bodies are pretty good at flushing these chemicals right. if you can reduce further exposure. The book is called Slow Death by Rubber Duck. The authors are Rick Smith and Bruce Laurie, uh, and the subtitle, because it makes much more sense. We tie it all together when, with the subtitle, How the Toxicity of Everyday Life Affects Your Health, uh, fully updated and expanded. It is uh, a guide to making sure that you're living sort of the best life that you can, uh, and fairly easily. You know, I think that we get overwhelmed occasionally by the idea that there's so much stuff. Nobody knows how to start. Mm -hmm. This is a good doorway in to a very large issue. Uh, and it's, uh, it's a good way to take your first tentative steps into figuring out how to live the best life that you can. Rick, Bruce, thanks so much. Thank you, Richard. Great, Thank, you. Thank you, Richard. Uh, thanks to Mike Catherwood on the board. Most of all, though, thanks to you for listening. And we'll speak to you again next week. 
Welcome back. I'm Richard Krauss. Rick Smith and Bruce Laurie are in studio. They are the authors of Slow Death by Rubber Duck, How the Toxicity of Everyday Life Affects Our Health. It is the fully updated and expanded version of a book that came out about a decade ago. Uh, it's available wherever you buy books, Amazon.ca, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and in brick and mortar stores. And uh, is there anything here that we need to know about in the book, in the binding of the book? No, it's it's made out of delicious vegetable-based inks. You could eat that sucker. Really? Yeah, yeah. I love Pro that. Promise. But now, we're going to get to the good news tips, and we're going to spend a good chunk of this segment on that. But I want to find out about upholstery off-gas. Here's the thing I've given absolutely no thought to my entire life, but apparently it's not good for me. Yeah, no, you know, it's not, not good at all. So off-gassing basically is... Um, you know, this simple idea that you've got volatile organic compounds, they're called, and, um, and usually those are in the vinyls that you find in fabrics, or sometimes they're in the coatings. And so, um, and I'll get Rick to talk about his new car smell, uh, Rick's a bit obsessed <laughs> about the new car smell uh, story that we wrote about, but, but essentially, you know, if you buy new products, you can smell this, you know, that classic mm -hmm. kind of vinyl or, um, you know, chemical smell. And so off-gassing basically is just the release of those chemicals off a new fabric. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's a real concern, but, but a good news story. I mean, in, in, the, in the book, we actually did this, one of our crazy experiments is I actually sat in a new car, a big Chevy Tahoe for a day with the windows rolled up on a hot day. And then looked at my body levels of, of, of uh, VOCs, volatile organic compounds, before and after. Mm -hmm. And they just went through the roof just from sitting in this new car, breathing in the new car smell for a day. But, uh, but the, you know, the good news here is that actually products are getting a lot safer. Right. So paints, for instance, any paint that you buy now, even the cheaper stuff. I just painted my son's room the other day. Uh, compared to when when I was a kid, uh, paints are a lot safer. They they just they smell less. They don't have lead in them. They don't anymore. have lead in them. Yeah. Uh, they they don't uh, you know they don't they don't off gas as much. Carpeting, upholstery, uh, big big uh, retailers like IKEA are actually being much more conscious of this stuff. The uh, the the lacquers and finishes mm. on uh, on uh, tables. These all of these things have gotten a lot uh, safer, less smelly than they used to be, and so that's that's all to the good. So let's talk about some good news tips. Uh, people at home are now wondering if they live in a poison world. And it's not really exactly that, but you do have to take steps, right? There are tips. There are things you can do yeah. to make your environment less toxic. What are they? What are some of the good things to do? Yeah, so we, we actually, um, ha, you know, have a great list of, of those things in the book. But basically, you know, you, you need to be uh, aware as a consumer, right? So you want to be reading labels, looking at products, buying those products that you know are... Um, you know, are safer and labeled without yeah, EPA yeah. and labeled without things. Um, <clears throat> you know, we recommend that people, you know, choose organic food whenever possible. Um, the connection between pesticides and cancer is one of the strongest of any of the things that we look at. Yeah, because part of this, though, is economic, right? I mean, it's, yeah, it, yeah. it is, it's, it's, it's more expensive to eat organically, <clears throat> and it's more expensive probably to get a material that hasn't been treated with some sort of chemical to you know, increase its lifespan or durability or something yeah, like that. Yeah, in, in, yeah, in some cases uh, it definitely is. In some cases, you know, maybe not so much. Like I've, um, you know, I I've, I've, haven't been using Teflon for years and years, you know, but you can buy, uh, you know, an, an old cast iron frying pan. You can buy a stainless steel frying pan. Often the Teflon pans are going to be more expensive. Yeah. Um, so that's a, another thing, you know, avoid Teflon frying pans. Um, 
and uh, uh, you know, an another thing that we always recommend for people to do, like ask questions. You know, if you're in a store and you're concerned about something, or often products will have a one eight hundred number. Mm -hmm. Like, let the company know that you're concerned. Um, a, a basic thing, people often feel like there's nothing they can do as an individual. Well, one thing that you can do as an individual is, you know, vote for governments that are going to support this agenda to make you healthier um, or, uh, uh, you know, work with your local environmental or health group to um, basically, you know, make a do donation or volunteer because there, there are a lot of great organizations across the country that are working to you know, make sure that we have health and safety regulations. And, and we, we, we do end the book with uh, a, a, a list of 10 tips. Mm -hmm. People can actually, much to our publisher's dismay, we encourage people to rip the page out and stick it on their fridge. Hopefully they buy the book first before yeah, yeah, they do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, in, in order to put this tip sheet together, Bruce and I did these experiments on ourselves mm -hmm. to make sure that it actually works. So we actually did an experiment with organic food, and we looked at whether eating even a little bit of organic food lowers levels of pesticides in the body, and it does. Uh, we used th uh, uh, cosmetic uh, personal care products with and without phthalates, and lo and behold, if you, uh, if you use the ones that say phthalate-free, very common, cost the same these days, levels of those phthalates come down in the body. And so we did all these experiments to make sure that the, that the tips we're advocating right. are actually worth it. And, you know, people will, will do that, and they will, they will feel better, but they might not feel the effects of these things immediately. And so I guess maybe that's a hurdle in trying to convince people to spend a little extra on, on organic food or, or to volunteer or to do anything. Like, because the, the, it's not necessarily an immediate sense of gratitude that you get. Yeah, I know that's right. I mean, it's, or gratification, it, 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 it's, it's frankly one of the challenges with these chemicals overall, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's not like smoking where, you know, if you quit smoking, you're probably going to start to notice an improvement yeah. in your breathing capacity. So really what you're doing with these chemicals, it's a little bit more like an insurance policy, right? right. You're trying to uh, reduce the risk of a potential future problem that you don't know. I mean, you know, some people are hugely exposed to these things and have no health effects. Mm -hmm. Some people are exposed and have serious health effects. So you actually don't know how your body's going to respond. Um, you don't know if it's going to affect you or not. But what you're basically doing is saying, chances are I will be safer, my family will be safer if I avoid these chemicals. Someone out there right now is yelling at the radio saying, well, I saw a YouTube video. That suggests, and and the thing to stress here is that the the suggestions made in this book have been backed up by science, and yeah. that we should trust the science, not yeah. a YouTube video that someone made in their basement telling you that everything is going to be okay. That's correct. Or they can trust our YouTube videos, because <laughs> you know, they're backed up by science. But uh, no, for sure. I mean, the the, the science linking uh, BPA to any number of ailments is just uh, mm -hmm. inarguable these yeah. days. Yeah. Uh, the, the science, it's been a huge change over the last 10 years since we wrote the book. Uh, uh, we, and, and so, you know, as Bruce says, this is an insurance poli policy, there's an investment in the future. I, I don't think it's a, an accident that, that some of the biggest changes we've seen over the last 10 years are with respect to children's products, mm -hmm. because I think parents are already aware of this stuff. They're already looking for this stuff with respect to kids' toys, soothers, baby bottles, sippy cups, all this, all yep. these things. And it's time to bring that same uh, level of concern to products that we use every day as adults. And, uh, yeah. and that needs to happen. And the book isn't meant, we talk about science, 
but the book isn't meant for scientists. The book is meant for a broad range of, oh. of readers. Oh, very much so, yeah. So, so really what we've done is take um, what is a lot of quite complex science and try to make it easy for people to understand and basically convince people that the science really is real. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, just touching more on some of the, some of the tips, <clears throat> when, when I was doing the research on detox methods, um, what really struck me is that the same advice that you're going to hear from any doctor on being healthy actually applies to helping your body detoxify. Right. So if you eat more vegetables, especially more green vegetables, um, if you drink more water, if you exercise, if you sweat, all of those things help accelerate your body's natural detoxification systems. So if you're keeping your body physically on top of these things, and if you're avoiding the um, introduction of these, you know, chemicals through the food or products that you're using, then, um, you know, we, I think Rick and I can pretty safely guarantee that you will have much lower levels of these chemicals in your body. Um, you will probably feel better and you will probably avoid some, you know, potential future health problems. One of the golden rules, I guess, in terms of, of meal planning is don't eat anything that your grandparents wouldn't have eaten. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? well, my, my grandparents are really fond of like kippers and liver and stuff. So <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> my grandfather was European, so I don't, he had right. a pretty weird diet. Right. But other than that, I, I, think, mean, I, think, I think you're right. I mean, yeah. and, and in fact, keep it simple. Yeah, yeah. I mean, actually, this is so a lot of these chemicals that we're talking about are, are crazy new inventions right. that, that our kids are being subjected to, that we're being subjected to at way higher levels than our grandparents were. Yeah. Uh, you know, our grandparents were doing their own unhealthy things. But uh, this whole new generation of pollutants that we talk about in badly tested consumer products is not something that our grandparents were dealing with 50 years ago, 100 years ago. Uh, it's, it's a problem we've created relatively recently. But what that means is we can, we can relatively uh, easily, we can solve it uh, in short order. So the tone of the book, very optimistic and, and gives uh, people the guideline. If there's one thing people can take away from the book, we just have a minute left. If there's one thing people can take away from the book, what should it be? Um, I think that, uh, that you can actually take control of your life in a greater way than you might imagine mm-hmm. um, just by following a few simple steps. Um, and that it's not that hard. It's not no, an overwhelming not, and or yeah, daunting it, thing. Exactly. To do. It doesn't yeah. have to no. feel overwhelming. And these, these, making these different consumer choices, uh, we know because we've done the experiments on ourselves, mm-hmm. uh, will actually reduce these toxic chemical levels in your body very quickly, like within a matter of hours, because it turns out that our bodies are pretty good at flushing these chemicals right. if you can reduce further exposure. The book is called Slow Death by Rubber Duck. The authors are Rick Smith and Bruce Laurie, uh, and the subtitle, because it makes much more sense. We tie it all together when, with the subtitle, How the Toxicity of Everyday Life Affects Your Health, uh, fully updated and expanded. It is uh, a guide to making sure that you're living sort of the best life that you can, uh, and fairly easily. You know, I think that we get overwhelmed occasionally by the idea that there's so much stuff. Nobody knows how to start. Mm -hmm. This is a good doorway in to a very large issue. Uh, And it's uh, it's a good way to take your first tentative steps into figuring out how to live the best life that you can. Rick, Bruce, thanks so much. Thank you, Richard. Thank Thank you. Thank you, Richard. Uh, Thanks to Mike Catherwood on the board. Most of all, though, thanks to you for listening. And we'll speak to you again next week.